Oh my gosh, they just launched the My Pillow 2.0. I got both of mine today. They are incredible. Here's the thing. They have brand new temperature regulating technology and it keeps you comfortable throughout the night. I'm never comfortable throughout the night, but now now I will be with My Pillow 2.0. It's the new fabric. It dissipates heat and humidity and it creates this cooling sensation. Ladies, you know there's a time in life where you need that. Anyway, there's a a cooler surface and it maintains that throughout the evening. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night, creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Who doesn't want that? Developed to provide a cool surface and engineered for comfort as always with MyPillow pillows. Because it's a fiber, not a finish, it will last the life of the fabric. Knife edge seam. Available in four loft levels. Yeah, they really they really try to suit your needs and who you are with their pillow. Machine washable and dryable, 10-year warranty. Come on, 60-day money-back guarantee. Why are you waiting? It's made in the USA. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com, look for MyPillow 2.0, and please, to get your discount, use promo code ROSE, R-O-S-E, promo code ROSE, MyPillow.com. My pillow 2.0 promo code road. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Cause I still got a lot of fight left in me. Unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering. And an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is my fight song. This is Rose Unplugged. My power's turned on. right now. I'll be strong. I'll be my fight song. And I don't really care if nobody else believes. Welcome to this episode of Rose Unplugged. Joining me today is a good friend of mine. He's been on the program before. He is the Jeffrey Lord. He has a podcast, The Word of the Lord. And you can also check him out at therealjeffreylord.com. Or is it thejeffreylord.com? What is it, Jeffrey? It's thejeffreylord.com is my website. Yeah. So it's like the Jeffrey Lord. Like, wow. Like the (laughs) Jeffrey Lord, right? Okay. It is the Jeffrey Lord, and he's with me today. And I always love to have you on because you're great with history, U.S. history, you know, you love. And, you know, February has always been that month where we think about past presidents, right? Because many of the president's birthdays are celebrated this month. We just um, commemorated uh, Ronald Reagan's birthday, which was on February 6th, uh, Abraham Lincoln, February 12th. And so I, I really want to talk about them. Before we get to Reagan, though, who you worked for, you know, our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, was born in Kentucky. He, he said that he grew up in a very poor family. Uh, his dad was a frontiers man, and he struggled to, to become educated. And he actually only went to school for one year, Jeffrey, before he went to uh, learn independently by reading. That's what he did. He, he knew what he did, and he was such a wise and smart man. But when he was eight years old, his family moved to Indiana, And he said it it was a wild region with bears and other wild animals uh, still in the woods. Can you imagine? But here's the thing, Jeffrey. His mom passed away when he was only 10 years old. And the the rest of his life, um, he spent with his father and his siblings. 
uh, in this log cabin, right? Everybody remembers Lincoln Log Cabin, right? And right. and um, then that's when when he became an adult is when he moved to Illinois and where he worked a lot of different jobs. He was a postmaster, a surveyor, shopkeeper, and uh, this is interesting. He was a legendary well, yeah. wrestler. Did you know that in Illinois? Because you know he was very t- he was six foot four for heaven's sake, and he was actually a legendary wrestler. Did you know that? Yes, I did, Rose. Uh, there's a there's a Lincoln movie out there from you know decades ago in the 30s or 40s. It's in black and white, as I recall, and it makes uh, there's a segment of the movie that that shows this. And there were a group of boys, of boys, uh, young men who were bullies, and uh, they they tried to uh, they they bullied people in town. They tried to bully Abe. Big mistake. And he took them on in a wrestling match and, and uh, <laughs> won, going away. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely, I, that was something I really wasn't aware of. And then, of course, you know, he started out in Congress and went to onto the Senate before he became president. But one of the things that he had said uh, when he was running for the Senate is he reminded us that a house divided against itself cannot stand. That was in 1858 when he was running for Senate. A house divided against itself, Jeffrey, cannot stand. And isn't that precisely what we are seeing right now? A house divided against itself. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing that always amazes me about Abe Lincoln is he lost that Senate race. He never never did serve in the Senate. Right. Um, But to think that in 1858, of all times, long before television, radio, you know, instant communication, social media, he made the argument that you're talking about and it garnered him national headlines in the newspapers of the day. And eventually that is what helped get him nominated and elected as president of the United States because he was so uh, articulate in making his uh, views known about the, the impending divide over slavery and, and uh, all of this. You know, he was one very smart, very wise man. And, uh, you know, we were better off uh, for his having served, without doubt. We are. And yeah. then when you think about the fact that he, when he won the presidency, he did so by 400,000 votes. And that was, that was like a year before the Civil War began. And how, talk about timing, talk about providence. You know, we had to have him. We had to have him. And, you know, that is what, I mean, he was sworn in, you know, in those days, up until, uh, Franklin Roosevelt's second inaugural, I think it was, uh, presidents were inaugurated on March 4th, uh, not January 20th, as mm. uh, began, I think, the tradition with FDR, somewhere in one of FDR's terms. And uh, so he's nominated on March 4th, and the very next month, the first states start to secede from the Union. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, we, we, go from, we go from there. And, wow. Uh, Talk about coming in at an in- interesting time and, and a very divisive time, you know, but he handled yeah. it. W- w- and no. And, and, you know, to be clear, other than perhaps Franklin Roosevelt, who came in uh, with the Great Depression. Right. In full, full swing, at, and, and which later uh, was resolved in a fashion by World War II, uh, which really did pull the U.S. out of the recession. Um, I can't, it's hard to think of a president who got off to uh, a, such a 
amazing start with with all sorts of things arrayed against him. Uh, I just I, I literally can't think of one. Um, you know, there have been all sorts of various upsets and people are upset about A, B or C. That certainly was true when Ronald Reagan was elected. Um, but, uh, you know, what Reagan faced in January of uh, 1981 isn't even close to what, <laughs> what old Abe was facing. Right. Uh, in and, 1861. And then we had, of course, I should have started with him, I suppose, because um, in February, you know, one of the other presidents that we honor when we talk about President's Day is our very first president, George Washington. Um, his birthday is February 22nd. Um, so two really great presidents, right? And, and and our very first president was born this month, which you know, and, and what a man he was. And they wanted him to be like king, and he refused that title. He understood right. that that's what we were trying to get away from, was the idea of, a you know, like Xi as a president for life now, I guess. He didn't want that. What he wanted was the people to decide, and, 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 and there would be no one ruler. No, You know what I mean? And I love yeah, that about him. Amazes, what always amazes me is he knew how to strike the balance. Yeah. And point of fact, uh, I was listening to, to a show yesterday, and they were saying, well, George Washington was actually the third president of the United States. I understand what they were trying to say, because uh, in the very beginning, after we obtained our independence, we the country was held together by what was known in the day as the Articles of Confederation. Right. And uh, I, at least one of those presidents I can remember was, uh, his name was John Hanson. Um, but... It, it, the system just didn't work. It was you had to have that balance between strength and you know federalism and all of that kind of thing, and it wasn't working. Which is why uh, all the people or a lot of the people who were involved with the Declaration got together again in Philadelphia in 1787 and wrote and passed the United States Constitution, which set up the office of President of the United States, and uh, George Washington became. The first president, and he became the first president for a reason, and he was elected unanimously. And and the reason was because of his performance in the American Revolution. You know exactly. He was he, was he commanded the Continental Army right during the American Revolution. Yeah, yeah. he and, not only commanded the Continental Army, he commanded just about anything in his presence. He was apparently very tall, good-looking guy. I think he's good-looking. Yeah, <laughs> and very very knowledgeable and all of this sort of thing. And uh, people really felt drawn to him, to his physical presence. Interesting. And uh, I, I'm going I to add just, to that, if you don't mind, Jeffrey, that in, uh, the accounts that I've read about George Washington, and I think it's important to note that he also had a very spiritual presence. I think that people recognize, yeah. too, his faith, which was great. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But they, this is a man who spent time with God. And, uh, and I think they recognized that as well and respected that and appreciated that about him. And by the way, yeah. I just want to comment, too, that you talked about the the drafting of our Constitution. He presided over the convention for that, yeah. uh, the drafting of the Constitution. Yes, he did. He did indeed. And, you know, one of the things that interested me this last year, you know, every uh, every December, the Pennsylvania Society gathers in New York. Right. And so I was there with that with a friend whom you know, and... Uh, we had a little time off, so we went for dinner at what is known as France's Tavern. And it is at France's Tavern. Yeah. Was this in, in wait, Philadelphia? Uh, no, front, no. Oh, okay. In New York. 
Okay, because I was at the tavern where they signed in Philadelphia, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. yeah. Independence Hall, was, it was this, once Independence Hall. Where, yeah. uh, George Washington bade a formal farewell to his his officers, his, his oh. senior officers. And, it, it, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievably historic place, very well preserved. It was a tavern. It is still a tavern. You can go and have lunch or dinner there and all this kind of thing. But the, the story is that he gave this farewell speech and thanked them and all that, and, and he had some notes in his hand. And, and suddenly he stops and reaches into his pocket and pulls out a pair of spectacles and says, among other things, my eyes have grown weary in the service of my country. Oh. And all these hardened officers burst out in tears. Oh, that it almost made me cry right now. I just, you know, I just, I, I, you know, don't you wish you could have been a fly on the wall that you could travel through time? Some of these people I would so, that I admire so very much, I would love to see. And, you know, one of the interesting things too is that in all of the many, many battles that George Washington fought in, he was never shot in any of those. But here is something interesting, though, too, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but during the French and Indian War, he had two horses that were shot out from under him, and then they later <laughs> discovered four bullet holes in his coat. But he never, yeah. he was never shot, personally shot, you know? Gosh, it's Man, amazing. If, if ever there's evidence of a of a God in providence. Amen. Amen. You know, <laughs> making that's sure so, that nothing happens. Well, you know, and there are a lot of stories and I would encourage people to take, take a look at those because the read those stories, because there are a lot of stories about George Washington and his faith and, and how he felt that God had directed him on, on many occasions, many occasions. And, and, you know, the thing is precisely because of his physical build, because he was such a big guy, George Washington on horseback, was a hard target to miss. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good point. Good point. And, Very good uh, point. So, well, uh, I don't know. Just amazing. When we come back, we'll talk more with Jeffrey Lord. His podcast is The Word of the Lord. And uh, you can find him also. Uh, his website is The Jeffrey Lord. Not just Jeffrey Lord, but The Jeffrey Lord. So, But anyway, we'll be back with Jeffrey Lord. We'll talk about Ronald Reagan and his firsthand experience with that great president right after this. This episode of Rose Unplugged is made possible because of MyPillow. So I ask that you go to MyPillow, put in promo code ROSE, and you'll get great savings. And listen, I've got, I've got it all. I've got the pillows, the bed topper, the dog bed. My dog loves that dog bed. The Giza sheets. And best of all, and Christmas time is right around the corner, right? Those slippers. I love those slippers. They are so comfortable. It's like somebody's hugging my feet and nobody really would want to. But listen, since no one wants to hug my feet, that's why I love my pillow slippers. They do the job. I mean, they are great. They're comfortable and they make a wonderful Christmas gift. I gave it to everyone on my list last year and they were really happy. My pillow, promo code Rose. We are talking with Jeffrey Lord. His podcast is The Word of the Lord. And his website is the Jeffrey Lord. And, you know, February is noted for Reagan's birthday, noted for the President's Day, you know, birthdays, President's Day in the middle of February. And, of course, Valentine's Day. And before I get to Jeffrey, and I'll have him comment on this, too. But I have a book and it's called I Love You, Ronnie. And and this book is all about how no matter where he was or what was going on in his life, Ronald Reagan whether he was making a movie or in the governor's office or White House, or they say Air Force One and even sometimes from across the room from Nancy. 
Ronald Reagan wrote letters to her expressing his love, his thoughts, feelings. And through those letters and reflections, you can see the different characters, the personalities and private life of the president in this book. I love this book. So Nancy Reagan comments on the letters, of course. And uh, I just, I love you, comma, Ronnie, and the letters of Ronald Reagan to Nancy. If you get a chance, get a copy of it because it just really is that special and so many people you know i mean like you can be inspired by that jeffrey are you familiar with that book and are you familiar with his note writing to nancy um rose in all candor you didn't come in on the very first part of it so i'm not sure which book you're talking about i love you comma ronnie I oh. love you, Ronnie. And he wrote letters to Nancy. I was saying, you know, on Air Force One, even if they were in the same room together, no matter where he was in life or where he was physically, he was writing notes to Nancy and she kept uh, she kept volumes, you know, and, and had those put into print in the book. I love you, comma. Yeah, I, I do believe I have that in my uh, fairly extensive. Rating, yeah, I'd uh, be surprised if you uh, didn't. Selection here. Um she, they were they were unbelievably close, and she was um, made it her mission in life to watch over him and protect him. And uh, I can tell you on one occasion, this was 1986, the fall of 1986, and of course, as president and the leader of the Republican Party, he's we we have him going around America to campaign for Republican candidates for senator, governor, that sort of thing. And if you recall, in 1986, we had to suddenly stop the campaign because he went off to Reykjavik, Iceland, with a, uh, a, a an impromptu summit with Mikhail Gorbachev. And then he comes back, and we send him back out on the trail. Well, on this one occasion, we were sending him from Washington, D.C., out to either Oregon or Washington to campaign for some candidate. And then we were going to fly him back to Washington, D.C. the same day. <clears throat> Mrs. Reagan called. <laughs> and she said, my husband may be president of the United States, but he's 70-whatever he was at that point in life. He says, and you are not going to fling my husband all the way across the United States of America and bring him back on the same day. We will be staying overnight in Los Angeles. <laughs> Which we all said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. it. But they did have a, a very, very close relationship, and I'm sure you witnessed that firsthand. Yes, yes. You know, we, we would do events in the White House, and... You know, we're I'm on the staff, right? So the staff sort of hangs back and uh, along the side of the room or just outside of the room. And they would go in and and, uh, they'd come out and she'd kind of go, oh, (laughs) I'm exhausted, that kind of thing. Uh, It was great. And on on one occasion, um, this was after he left the White House uh, and it was announced that he was uh, he had Alzheimer's. And I had was dealing with my father's then older sister who who had this and I had been one of the caretakers. So I wrote her a note uh, to encourage her and and sympathize. I didn't expect to hear back from her. Well, you won't believe this, Rose. I got back this three-page handwritten note from her. Oh, lovely, lovely. It was so lovely. I mean, she she loved the note. She said she'd been sitting at her desk for days trying to figure out how to answer it and all this and ended it, you know, Ronnie and I send our best and all this. And he was just, he was great to, to work with. Um, 
on one occasion, I took my parents in to meet him in the Oval Office, and we chat and all this kind of thing. And he more or less, you know, like <laughs> like a typical boss that likes to he, he convinces my parents that it's just him and me ending the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> my father's buttons burst right there on the spot, you know, forever That's and sweet. forever after. So when we're going to leave, my parents go out first, and I turn around and said, thank you. And he and he says in a whisper, well, did I do all right? <laughs> oh, how sweet is that? How he was sweet. just great. So, so this past Monday, you know, his birthday was February 6th. He would have been 112 years old. Wow. And I'm a charter member of the Reagan Alumni Association, so we always gather on his birthday. And uh, we heard from, uh, you know, and it's people like Haley Barber, who was my direct boss uh, in the White House political office and went on to be governor of Mississippi and chairman of the Republican National Committee and all sorts of others. But the speaker, uh, are you familiar? Do you know Paul Kanger? I sure do. I know him very well. Yeah. He gave a terrific, you know, he's a, like a several times Reagan biographer. Yes. And is writing a book right now on Reagan and race. And uh, Paul just gave a terrific presentation. Uh, I'm sure he did. Uh, about him. I mean, he's really good at it. Yeah, he's a friend, and, and I've known him for for a long time. He also writes for the American Spectator, as do I. But uh, it was just, he was exactly the person to have for, you know, a gathering like this with all these people who had worked for President Reagan. And uh, well, it was it what was a wonderful opportunity you had to do that. And uh, we'll talk again sometime. And I'll, I'll, we, we talk often and often you bring in a lot of anecdotes from that time of your life and, and Reagan. So thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us today. I appreciate it. Take care, my you friend. You bet, my friend. Thank you. This episode of Rose Unplugged is made possible because of my pillow. And so I ask that if you go to my pillow, you put in promo code ROSE to get a great discount. They've got dog beds. I've got it. Tucker has a dog bed from my pillow. Loves that thing. I mean, he just he he shoots right for it. When I say bedtime, that's where he goes. My pillows, the Giza sheets. Every time I wash them and put them back on the bed, they are as though I never washed them and I just opened up the package. That's how great they are. The items there are well-made. And you know what? They're, they are distributed and manufactured by a good guy, Mike Lindell. My pillow, promo code ROSE.